your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 651 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and that song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. Check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, the start of a, kind of an ambitious project on my part. I had an idea for an off-season series here. Originally, I thought it would be a two-parter. It's looking more like it's going to be a three-parter at this point. But uh, we are basically going to take a look back, reminisce a little bit about uh, the Rangers entering uh, the rebuild, which they now seem to be out of. I mean, I think once you get to the Eastern Conference Final and two wins away from the Stanley Cup final, I think it's pretty safe to say you are no longer rebuilding. You are, I mean, there's always, you know, re-tinkering and uh, little adjustments that you make to the roster year by year. But as far as, you know, full-fledged rebuild, yeah, I think it's pretty safe to say that that's over. But what I thought could be fun in the offseason here is we take a look back at all of the different trades that the Rangers made since the release of the quote-unquote letter. That was the letter that went out from Glenn Sather and Jeff Gorton to Ranger fans, basically announcing that, listen, we're going to rebuild. I mean, they weren't quite that blunt about it, but they basically were. Uh, they were indicating that they were going to be trading some very popular veteran players on the team in an effort to get younger and basically just tear the whole thing down, start from scratch, and build the Rangers back up into a Stanley Cup contender, which we can now say that they indeed are. But what I wanted to do, once again, is Take a look at every trade that the Rangers made since that letter was released all the way back on February 8th, 2018, and just kind of grade every single trade and see how it shook out for the Rangers. Uh, more hits than misses, I would say, but we're going to go case by case, trade by trade, right through this whole thing here. And like I said, there were a lot of trades, 30 to be exact. That's way too many for one episode, probably too many for two episodes. And so we'll go ahead and uh, do the first 10 here today. And for me... Technically, it was 29 trades in the rebuild era. I'm counting from when the letter went out to this past offseason, as far as when the Rangers were still in rebuild mode. But I'm going to throw in one as kind of a bonus here because there was a massive trade that the Rangers made. And this is before the letter, it's before they were in, once again, full fledged teardown rebuild. But that is a trade that occurred on July 18th, 2016. The Rangers on that day trade Derek Broussard, who at the time was my favorite player on the New York Rangers. Longtime listeners will definitely know about that. Uh, they trade Derek Broussard and a 2018 seventh round pick to the Ottawa Senators in exchange for Mika Zibanejad and a 2018 second round pick. And again, they were not in full-fledged teardown rebuild mode as of this point, but this to me will always be kind of the signal of the Rangers. Okay, they're starting to look at the future a little bit. They've got, uh, you know, one eye on the present, but certainly one eye on the future as well, because at the time that this happened, Derek Broussard was actually the more productive player between the two of them, but Broussard was 28, Mika Zibanejad was 23, uh, Mika Zibanejad, I believe, was taken fourth overall in the uh, year that he was drafted, and so he had far more upside than Derek Broussard, even if he had yet to unlock it. Well, by the time that Mika Zibanejad got to the Rangers, and you know he's been there for about half a decade now, he's just gotten better and better and better. He's in the running to potentially be the next Ranger captain if they ever name a captain, but you guys watch Mika Zibanejad, just a phenomenal all-around player, uh, wicked shot, 
uh, seems to gel with whoever you put on the line with him. He's a tremendous defensive uh, center as well. He's worked hard to get better in the faceoff circle. He's huge on the power play. He's huge on the penalty kill. You really can't ask much more from an NHL center than what the Rangers get from Mika Zibanejad on a night-in and night-out basis. And when this trade was made, uh, the Rangers made the playoffs that first year with Mika Zibanejad you know, on the team, but they lost in the second round, and then this uh, letter went out in the middle of the following season. So again, it was before the letter, but to me... Uh, it's just such an important point in Ranger history because, again, this is when the Rangers start to look at the future, and, man, did they get themselves just an absolute gem in Mika Zibanejad. To me, one of the elite, truly bonafide superstar, top-tier centers in this league for all the reasons that I just mentioned, and to only give him up for Derek Broussard, who I loved when he was on the New York Rangers. Once again, uh, my favorite player when he was here, but... I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say that the Rangers won that trade. The fact that they got a second-round pick in addition to Mika Zibanejad, I mean, that's just kind of a bonus. Uh, the Rangers ended up trading that second-round pick to Detroit along with a third-rounder in exchange for Brennan Smith, and that didn't really work out all that great for the Rangers. I mean, Smith was okay, but he was probably overpaid for most of his Ranger tenure. And uh, again, Mika Zibanejad, you know, in exchange for Derek Brassard, pretty much straight up. Forget about the second-round pick. I mean, Mika for Broussard in and of itself, you got to give this trade an A-plus because Mika Zibanejad has turned out to be an absolute superstar, and Derek Broussard, you know, at this point, kind of on the last legs of his NHL career, it would appear. I mean, he's had some decent seasons since this trade, but, I mean, Mika Zibanejad obviously has been the far better player pretty much since this trade was made. I mean, maybe there was one season there right after the trade where they were still kind of even, but obviously Mika Zibanejad has eclipsed Derek Broussard in a big, big way, and uh, we're not giving him back. I'm glad Mika Zibanejad is here for the long haul. It's a pricey contract, $8.5 a season, but he is worth every single penny. Guy just brings it every single night. Uh, we're going to go ahead. Now, these are the trades that happened after the letter went out. And once again, for a frame of reference, uh, the letter went out on February 8th, 2018. This first trade happened just one day after the letter went out, February 9th, 2018. It's not exactly the definition of a blockbuster, uh, but we're going to go through every trade. Like I said here, the Rangers send Adam Chappie and Joe Whitney to the Washington Capitals in exchange for Hubert Labry and John Albert. I've never heard of any of these players. Like, I'm sure at the time I looked at the trade and was trying to like figure out, okay, who are we giving up? Who are we getting? Why is this trade happening? But, you know, since this trade was made, none of these four players have appeared in an NHL game. Uh, Whitney had previously played five games with the Devils. Albert had previously played nine games with the Jets. And that's it. The four of these players combined to date have played a grand total of 14 NHL games, and they all came before this trade happened. So there's not really a whole lot to say about this deal for the Rangers. I mean, obviously, it's a deal that was made. Uh, to me, it's about as average of a trade as you could possibly have because, again, none of these four players have made any kind of an impact at the NHL or even played in the NHL. So I will give this grade a C. Obviously, it was harmless enough. Didn't really affect either team all that much. Uh, we'll keep it moving right along here. We're going to go to a trade on February 20th, 2018, just a few days later. In fact, just about a week and a half later after the trade I just mentioned, uh, the Rangers send defenseman Nick Holden to the Boston Bruins in exchange for forward Rob O'Gara and a 2018 third-round pick. Now, Holden, he was only with the Rangers for about a year and a half, was kind of the veteran D-man on the third pairing, and you know he was fine for what he was. He had a rough playoff run, I thought, the last season that he played with the Rangers, but uh, it's interesting. He actually had... 34 points in 80 games in what turned out to be his one full season with the Rangers. That was also the season where he kind of scuffled a little bit in the playoffs. Um, so that was interesting. Career high in points for 
Nick Holden at that time, and that's way more than I would have guessed. I got to be honest. I don't remember Holden ever having uh, 34 points in 80 games for the Rangers, but apparently it's true. Uh, they ship him to the Boston Bruins. Like I said, Holden spent the rest of the season with the Bruins, ends up going to the Knights and the Senators this past season. Uh, he's still playing, still in the league, now 35 years old, a true veteran defenseman, if ever there was one. He's been okay. I mean, not somebody that, you know, I, I don't think too many Ranger fans rue the day uh, that this team traded Nick Holden. Uh, as far as Rob O'Gara, uh, he was a former fifth-round pick by the Bruins. O'Gara, to that point, had played 11 total NHL games, all with the Boston Bruins. He ends up playing in 22 games with the Rangers. All 22 of those games happened in the season that he was acquired. He had three assists in that time, so didn't really do much. Started the next season with the Wolfpack and has basically bounced around the AHL ever since, just kind of going from one team to the next year by year. Doesn't really have great numbers there, so it really never worked out with Rob O'Gara. Uh, as far as the third-round pick that the Rangers uh acquired as part of this Holden trade. They used that pick to select Joey Keane, a defenseman. Keane was then traded to the Carolina Hurricanes for Julian Gauthier. So we're connecting a lot of dots here as far as, you know, this uh, trade tree, if you will. Uh, and Gauthier, you guys know the story by now. You know, he flashes potential every now and then, but he's also driven us all pretty much crazy. Uh, can't finish his scoring opportunities. Absolutely cannot finish on a breakaway. Got his opportunities this past season, could not take advantage of it. As far as a grade for this trade, I'll go C+. Plus. You know, obviously, O'Gara didn't pan out, but they did get, you know, a third rounder for Nick Holden. That's not too bad, regardless of uh, how they ended up using that third round pick. But they end up parlaying that third round pick into Julian Gauthier. Of course, they took uh, Keane with the pick. And then they flip Keane to the Canes for Julian Gauthier. Gauthier, for all his faults, I mean, he's at least been a fairly regular player in the Ranger lineup. I mean, it's not much, but again, all you gave up was Nick Holden. So to me, there's a little bit better than average of a trade for the New York Rangers. And uh, I'll go with a C plus for this one. Uh, like I said, just, just a little bit better than average there. Minor trade, not going to, you know, make or break the Rangers, but uh, again, just slightly better than average. So we're going to keep this thing moving right along. going to talk about Michael Grabner being traded to the Devils. We're going to also get into uh, a trade that involved Rick Nash going to the Bruins. That is the trade that just keeps on giving, basically. I mean, that, that trade has really worked out for the Rangers in a lot of different ways, and uh, we will get into all that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. If you haven't tried the Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest joys. And guess what? There's a new flavor. Ready? Delicious, indulgent cookie dough covered in chocolate. That's right. Built has done it again. Let me introduce you to your new favorite, Cookie dough chunk puffs have a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Cookie dough chunk puffs are only 160 calories, and they have a whopping 15 grams of protein. Like all Built Bars, the new cookie dough chunk puff is covered in 100% real chocolate. That means they're healthy and tasty. Chocolate-covered cookie dough with a light, fluffy texture. So good. You are going to love the new cookie dough chunk Built Puff. Whether you need a snack for your workout, a late night treat, or just a quick bite, Built is the perfect protein bar, and they taste better than a candy bar. Ditch the calories, fat, and sugar. Grab yourself a Built bar. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I should also mention before we keep rolling here that uh, these trades that I'm talking about here, they only include trades that had at least one player going one way or the other. We're not going to include trades that were like, you know, 
couple of draft picks for a little bit of a higher draft pick or anything like that. These are just uh, trades that involve players. But we move ahead two more days here to February 22nd, 2018. Uh, the New York Rangers send Michael Grabner to the Devils in exchange for Igor Rykov, a defenseman, and a 2018 second-round pick. Now, Grabner did a really nice job when he was with the Rangers, kind of resurrected his career for a, a few seasons there because, you know, he had a couple of—he uh, had some early success with the New York Islanders, didn't really— pan out. You know, he kind of tapered off and then came to the Rangers and uh, really did a nice job. This number will probably surprise a lot of people, but he played 135 career games with the Rangers, scored 52 goals. I mean, that sounds like a lot for Michael Grabner. I know he was good when he was here. I didn't realize he was 52 goals good. Now, granted, a bunch of those were empty netters. Not a bunch, but a good chunk of them. But still, man, 52 goals in 135 games, that's nothing to sneeze at. And after this trade uh, that sent him once again to the Devils, he never came close to replicating that. He scored just two goals in 21 games as a rental for the Devils that year. Uh, also appeared in two playoff games with them. And then he went to the Coyotes for two fairly uneventful final seasons of his career. Uh, has not played in the league since 2019-2020 and was actually bought out by the Arizona Coyotes. So uh, the Rangers did a nice job selling high as it pertains to Michael Grabner. Was always kind of playing at least a little bit over his head when he was on the Rangers. As far as the return, you know, Igor Rykov never really panned out for the New York Rangers, never broke into the NHL, and he's now back in the KHL. Uh, someone who, for a time there, was kind of thought of as a prospect on the rise for the Rangers, and again, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out, and uh, he never ends up playing a single game with the Rangers. And then with that 2018 second-round pick, the Rangers uh, trade it to the Senators. The Senators use it to draft Jonathan Tychonik, Tychonik, a defenseman. So the Rangers didn't really get much for, for Grabner, and I got to give this trade a D because... Yeah, that might sound a little bit harsh because, well, you know, it's just Michael Grabner. He was obviously playing over his head a little bit. The fact that they couldn't really get anything. I mean, Igor Rykov was somebody that the Rangers really liked at the time of the trade, and you know, he was somebody that was believed to be, once again, somebody on the rise. In a perfect world for the Rangers, I mean, they probably would have thought that Igor Rykov would be a regular in the lineup by now, and instead, he's not even in the league. He's back in the KHL, and as far as the second rounder, you trade it to the Senators, and you don't really get to take advantage of that either, and so... Yeah, you know, prime sell-high opportunity as it pertained to Michael Grabner. It seemed like a good return when they got him. But again, they didn't really get much of anything out of this trade, even though, once again, Michael Grabner was uh, kind of overachieving that year. And I'm sure the rest of the league, including the Devils, were probably aware of that. But yeah, this they didn't get anything for him. There's there's nothing that came out of this uh, Grabner trade that's helping the Rangers in any way now. So we're off to a little bit of a rough start right here because for as much as this rebuild is considered a success, and certainly it was a success, uh, these first few trades didn't really help the Rangers all that much until this one. Because three days after this, the Rangers send Rick Nash to the Boston Bruins in exchange for Ryan Spooner, Matt Bolesky, Ryan Lindgren, a 2018 first-round pick, and a 2019 seventh-round pick. Now, this is more like it. This is what we're talking about. As I mentioned before uh, the break a couple minutes ago, this is a trade that just keeps on giving. Like, where do we even start with this one? Uh, we'll start with Nash, first of all, because Nash, bit of a polarizing ranger, did some good things with the team, was never really the superstar that we thought we were getting, at least not in my very humble opinion. Uh, a very good player, to be sure, but... You know, he was declining pretty sharply in his final two seasons with the New York Rangers. So the fact that the Rangers got this much, basically five assets in exchange for Rick Nash, who again was rapidly declining and was entering his mid-30s and was clearly on the back nine of his career. You know, the season that the Rangers traded Nash to Boston, he had only 28 points in 60 games. 
which, again, makes it even more surprising that the Rangers were able to get as much as they did. Nash ended up only playing 11 regular season games at the Bruins and then 12 playoff games, and then he had to retire due to concussions, which is obviously very unfortunate. You know, Nash was 34 at the time and uh, certainly had at least a couple years left in his career had it not been for, uh, you know, the concussion issues, excuse me. Um, But yeah, again, the Rangers, what a haul. I mean, they end up, they get Ryan Spooner. Spooner gets off to a nice start with the New York Rangers. And then they end up flipping Ryan Spooner to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Ryan Strom. We're going to talk about that trade in and of itself a little bit later, but I think it's fair to also kind of include that here because we're connecting, once again, all the dots here. The Rangers end up, uh, you know, trading away Ryan Spooner and bringing in Ryan Strom. Strom had his critics, but was also, you know, an important part of this team over the last three and a half seasons. Uh, Matt Bolesky, you know, it never really worked out. Only played in five games with the Rangers. Uh, but Ryan Lindgren, he sure worked out because Lindgren has been just an absolute staple for this team, a pillar the heart and soul of the team, really. Think about how much better the Rangers played against the Penguins in that playoff series the second that Ryan Lindgren got back into the lineup. I don't think that was a coincidence. Plays with some nastiness, just some old-school grit. Has an incredible rapport, incredible chemistry with Adam Fox. He's a better offensive defenseman than I think a lot of people realize. I mean, he's not Adam Fox or Victor Hedman out there, but he can make some things happen every now and then. And you know, again, just a big-time difference maker for this team, somebody that I hope is with the Rangers for many, many years. He's making just $3 million a season, which to me looks like an absolute steal. Honestly, this trade, Lindgren for Nash straight up would have been enough to give this an A+, at least for me. So I just spoiled the grade that I'm going to give. But, I mean, when you consider everything that they got here, just in, in exchange for Rick Nash, who once again was sharply declining, was getting toward the end of his career, and who only played uh, 23 games combined between the regular season and the playoffs with the Boston Bruins. I mean, this was just an absolute freaking steal, man. So you got to love that. Uh, but then the Rangers, we're not done yet. They also got a 2018 first-rounders. They trade that pick to the Senators, and the Senators use it to take Jacob Bernard Docker, But as part of this trade, the Rangers ended up trading themselves up into the first round to the number 22 overall pick, and guess who they selected? Well, that would be Ke'Andre Miller, who's somebody that I am convinced is already a superstar in this league. The rest of the hockey world, I mean, they've heard of Miller. They know he's an up-and-coming defenseman. I don't think people realize how good he really is. Uh, I cannot wait to see. Of all the players on the Rangers, I might be most looking forward to seeing Ke'Andre Miller next season because I just think he is ready to take that leap to complete superstardom. So, again, this trade, you got Ryan Lindgren out of it, and you parlay it you know, with, with another draft day trade, you know, trading up into the first round. Uh, you end up selecting Ke'Andre Miller. Just absolutely awesome. And again, Ke'Andre Miller, hopefully he's a staple of this team for many, many years to come. And then as far as uh, the rest of this trade here, uh, also get a 2019 seventh round pick. The Rangers ended up trading that to the Carolina Hurricanes, who took Massimo Rizzo with actually the second to last pick in the draft uh, that year. But what an absolute haul for the Rangers. I mean, again, Rick Nash only played 23 total games with the Boston Bruins, had to retire. And basically, as a result of this trade, you end up with Ryan Strom, you know, either directly or indirectly. You end up with Ryan Strom, Ke'Andre Miller, and Ryan Lindgren. That is just unbelievable and just a phenomenal trade. You know, a lot of people talk about certain trades being the best and the worst trade of the Jeff Gorton uh, tenure. I got to believe this. I mean, maybe you could say Adam Fox, you know, the trade that brought him here, and we'll get to that in due time. To me, Strom... Lindgren Miller for Rick Nash, a rapidly declining Rick Nash. Doesn't get much better than that. Absolutely just highway robbery and uh, no better way to do it than by, uh, you know, just fleecing the Boston Bruins in a trade. One day later, it's February 26, 2018, and the Rangers send defenseman Ryan Graves to the Colorado Avalanche for defenseman Chris 
Begris. Uh, Begris had played in 46 NHL games in his career prior to this trade. They were all with the Avalanche. Never ended up playing for the Rangers and has not played in an NHL game since this trade was made. Uh, Begris was a former second rounder. Went number 32 overall to the Avalanche back in 2013. The Rangers were probably looking to, uh, you know, unlock that upside and that potential that comes with a player that gets taken in the first round. Obviously, it never really worked out. As for Graves, uh, he's become a very solid NHL regular. Played three seasons with the Avalanche, and then he played this past season with the Devils. Uh, he's got 74 points in 224 games in the NHL. So if I'm grading this, it's an F. And it's not because Graves is like a bona fide superstar, because he's not. But he is a former fourth rounder who ended up becoming a solid player. And he maybe could have become a solid player with the New York Rangers. Uh, you know, again, you hit on somebody in the fourth round, you want to take advantage of that. You don't want to just give somebody away. And they trade him for a second rounder in Begris, which, you know, I mean, at the time, maybe they figured that Begris had more upside, but that obviously did not end up being the case. And the Rangers uh, lost this trade decisively. So I got to give this a failing grade. And we will keep this thing rolling right along. We're going to get to the Oh, so fun to remember Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa trade, and we will do that in just a second. All right, and so now the infamous trade that sent Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I know we're all just dying to relive this. This one actually occurred on the same day as the Graves for Begris trade, which wasn't good either, but this one was a lot worse because, yeah, there were just much bigger named players involved in this. And so the Rangers, they send Ryan McDonough and JT Miller to the Lightning in exchange for Vladislav Nemesikov, Libor Hayek, Brett Howden. My God, it just hurts me going through going through this gauntlet here. Uh, a first-round pick in 2018 and a second-round pick in 2019. Where do I begin? For starters, let, let's go back to this time period. We kind of all knew that this was coming to an extent because the letter had gone out. It was trade deadline day. We knew there was a very good chance that Ryan McDonough was going to be on the move at this time. Was an awesome Ranger. The captain, just a hard-nosed, old-school leader for this team, would happily block a slap shot with his face. Uh, just an awesome Ranger and the anchor on a lot of those teams that made those deep playoff runs to the conference finals and even to the Stanley Cup finals in 2014. But uh, we pretty much knew this was going to happen, painful though it may have been. Uh, with JT Miller, though, it was a little bit different. There weren't really any rumors that he specifically was going to be traded. Obviously, we were prepared for, uh, you know, whatever was going to happen because the Rangers were once again going into teardown rebuild mode. You know, you're getting close to the deadline. You're actually starting to wonder, like, you know, there's less than an hour to go, and are the Rangers actually going to keep McDonough? Uh, they obviously do not. And not only do they send him to Tampa, where he ends up winning two Stanley Cups, they also send JT Miller there. Now, Miller missed out on Tampa winning uh, the multiple Cups. He ended up in Vancouver not too long after this. Uh, but Miller at the time was only making $2.75 million per season. He was due to be an RFA at the end of the year but still very young, you know, still just like 23 or 24, and you think he might stick around as actually a part of the rebuild, you know, somebody that you kind of rebuild around, not a superstar. He's kind of become a superstar, but at the time, you know, a young player with some upside was already a solid player in this league, and then he ends up going to Tampa Bay as well, but, you know, that's okay because look at this haul we're going to get. You know, we got all these players and these draft picks. Uh, Vladislav Nemesikov does not do anything with the Rangers, completely invisible, pretty much night in and night out. Uh, someone whose numbers were clearly inflated in Tampa Bay by playing with Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov, and not even inflated that much because his last season with Tampa was the best of his career, and it was 44 points in 62 games. So not bad, but uh, playing with Stamkos and Kucherov, you'd almost expect a little bit more than that. 
Uh, has never been anywhere near that number in terms of points per game for the rest of his career. Just never got anything going with the Rangers. And the Rangers actually traded him at kind of a weird point in the season. It was early in 2019-2020. Just two games into the season, uh, they trade him to the Senators. And that's just a weird time to trade somebody and probably gives you an idea of how much the Rangers were ready to move on from Vladislav Domestikov. How about Libor Hayek? Well, he's still here. And there are Ranger fans that are convinced that the only reason he's still here is because the Rangers are trying to save face and somewhat salvage this McDonough-Miller trade. Uh, Hayek, at his absolute best, is a pretty average defenseman. And you know, to me, he doesn't look like anything more than a sixth or seventh defenseman at best in this league. There's times where I think the criticism goes a little bit overboard, but he hasn't really been that good. I mean, let's be honest, this guy was a former first-round pick and hasn't lived up to the hype, to put it uh, very mildly. And then you've also got Brett Howden. And what, do you, what can you even say here? David Quinn just would not take this guy out of the lineup, no matter how much of a non-factor he was. He was a former first-round pick as well, never played like it in his NHL career. His last season with the Rangers, 42 games, one goal, and six assists. The one goal was an empty netter. The Rangers probably did good to get a fourth-rounder for Brett Howden when they sent him on his way to Vegas. And, uh, you know, not to be mean, but it was basically addition by subtraction for the Rangers at this point because Howden was basically just clogging up a roster spot, and it was time for somebody else to get that opportunity. Now, the one silver lining of this trade is the first-round pick that the Rangers acquired as part of it. The Rangers used that first-round pick to select Nils Lundqvist. Now, Nils, he definitely scuffled last season, made the opening night roster, just kind of looked like the game was moving pretty fast around him and, you know, eventually was sent down to the Wolfpack. Braden Schneider was called up and Braden Schneider fared a lot better than Nils Lundqvist did. But Lundqvist, still someone who's very talented and could and probably even should get another chance uh, either with the New York Rangers or maybe he's traded uh, somewhere else and gets a chance there. Uh, he could still be something of a valuable trade piece, I would think, because again, there is still some upside there. Uh, so that could work out for the Rangers. As far as the second round pick in 2019, the Rangers use it to take Carl Henriksen. We'll see if and when he gets a chance. He hasn't really done much in the ASHL the last couple of seasons, just 16 points in 84 games over there. So we'll see, but this is not a good trade. So I got to give this one a D minus. The only reason I, I can't fully give it an F is because maybe Nils Lundqvist still works out in a big time way for the New York Rangers. But yeah, when you're trading JT Miller and Ryan McDonough, you certainly expect a heck of a lot more than the Rangers got here. So uh, with that, I'll end the pain and suffering and we'll move on to the next trade here. Uh, the next Ranger trade was not until nine months after this, September 11th, 2018. The Rangers get Adam McQuaid in exchange for Steve Kampfer, a 2019 fourth round pick and a conditional seventh round pick in 2019. McQuaid, got all of five points in 36 games with the New York Rangers. He was traded that season to the Blue Jackets and had two points in 14 games there. And after the season, he retired. Uh, Camphor never really did much of anything in his two and a half years with the Bruins. Last played in the KHL. And as for the draft picks, uh, the Bruins dealt that fourth rounder to the Canes. The Canes drafted a defenseman named Cade Weber. And the Bruins in the seventh round took left winger Jake Schmaltz. Uh, neither has played in the NHL. So this is a harmless enough trade, but also a trade that accomplished absolutely nothing for the New York Rangers. Completely, uh, you know, neutral. And I got to give this a, a C as a result of that because it's about as average as it gets. But then two months later, we go to November 16, 2018. And this is a big one for the Rangers. We already kind of mentioned it earlier in the episode. The Rangers trade Ryan Spooner to the Edmonton Oilers in exchange for Ryan Strom. This is an awesome trade for the New York Rangers. I know that Strom has his critics. He's got his naysayers. And even I've come on here, I get the feeling that I was uh, more of a Strom fan than a lot of Ranger fans were. But be that as it may, I still came on here. I would point out his flaws. You know, not a center that is known for really doing the dirty work, was never really that good on the face-off circle. 
seemed to not be able to hit an empty net on a couple of different occasions uh, and, you know, took a couple of dumb penalties every now and then. But for the most part, he came in here, did a heck of a job, established a tremendous rapport with Artemi Panarin, uh, vastly exceeded expectations. This was an instance where the Rangers saw a buy-low opportunity on Ryan Strome. They took advantage of it, and he came in and finally kind of lived up to, or at least somewhat lived up to the hype that comes with being a top five pick in an NHL draft as Ryan Strom was, because to this point in his career, I mean, he was looking like he was going to be a journeyman. He had one pretty good year with the Islanders, but besides that, just not really all that productive. And he comes in, takes advantage of an opportunity, stakes his claim to the uh, second line center spot with Artemi Panarin, and basically never looked back, established himself as a leader, and just did a great job overall for the Rangers. I think it was probably time to let him walk in free agency. But as I said in our Strom tribute episode, he left the Rangers in a better place than they were at when he was acquired. And I'm glad that he got to be part of at least uh, one deep playoff run for the Rangers. As for Spooner, I mean, Spooner only played 25 more NHL games after this. So Strom, you know, for all his faults and everything you can kind of nitpick, once again, a reliable staple in the top six for the Rangers for three and a half seasons with this team. And I wish him nothing but the best for the Ducks. As far as a grade, I'm going to say an A. I, I would say A+. Plus. Maybe you could argue that with Spooner off to a good start with the Rangers, you could have sold even higher and maybe gotten somebody even better than Ryan Strom. But this is a heck of a trade. I, I got to go for an A on this. And I thought about an A+, plus, but uh, we'll leave it as an A. And then we'll do one more for today. Like I said, this ended up being quite the project. There were actually more trades than I thought that there would be, and I didn't want to exclude any of them. I wanted to talk about every single trade uh, that the Rangers made. We'll go to January 14, 2019, a fairly, actually a completely minor trade for the Rangers. They acquire left winger Connor Brickley from the Nashville Predators in exchange for left winger Cole Schneider. Schneider had previously played six NHL games with the Buffalo Sabres, but he never played another NHL game after this, or at least he has not to date. Uh, Connor Brickley, after this trade, apparently played in 14 games with the Rangers. They were all down the stretch the same season that the Rangers acquired him. He had previously played with the Florida Panthers. I'll be honest, guys, I have no recollection of someone named Connor Brickley having ever played for the New York Rangers. And this was only a couple of years ago. This happened in 2019. And, you know, from 1994 to current day, 94 is when I got into the Rangers. I feel like you know, maybe not counting guys that only played one or two games with the Rangers, but if you mention a player, no matter how obscure, I feel like I could probably tell you, you know, what position he played, what were, uh, what, what kind of his deal was, you know, was, was he uh, good at this? Was he bad at that? I mean, I could tell you something. I don't remember anyone named Connor Brickley ever playing for this New York Ranger team to the point that I had to like double and triple check it, but apparently it happened. He played 14 games with the Rangers that season. Scored one goal and had three assists. And as far as grading this trade, I mean, it wasn't very consequential for either team, but I suppose I'll give it a C plus just because I guess Brickley at least played a handful of games with the Rangers. He was looking like, you know, somebody that would at least get a chance to maybe part of the future. Of course, that never ended up happening, but we'll put it slightly better than average. And for that reason, I'll give it a C plus. Uh, Cole Schneider, who the Rangers gave away, like I said, never played another NHL game after this. And so for that reason, just a slightly better than average, although completely inconsequential trade for both the Rangers and the Predators. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. This is also your daily reminder that Tyler Mott is still a free agent and can sign with any team. Just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers 
at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. There is some content that is YouTube exclusive. So if you're not signed up there, you will miss out on at least a couple of things. Uh, but yes, thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. In our next episode, we're going to do part two of our uh, fan submissions. Everybody kind of wrote me and shared your story about where you were and what you were doing and who you were with when Artemi Panarin scored in overtime against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Very last chance. I'm probably going to be recording this episode sometime over the weekend or Monday at the latest. And so uh, if you're hearing this and you still want to share your story, do it now, like literally right now, because I got to cut it off sooner or later. But that's going to be a lot of fun. Definitely looking forward to that. Now make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Locked On experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on everything in the hockey world. Locked On NHL, your daily 30-minute NHL podcast.